Good morning, church family. Ah, it's good to see each other today, isn't it? God's asked each one of us, his children, to come to be with him today. And no greater joy to come and worship and praise him, but also, too, to fellowship with our family. Because that's what it's all about, relationships. Relationships is a blessing to know that you're there, lifting us up in prayer. And that's so important because prayer is crucial for our relationship with him, crucial for this church as well. Please make note of the items in your bulletin, the, especially the white piece of paper, the activities that are going on. We've got a big weekend this weekend with the ladies' retreat that's happening in the big community room, and we are blessed with that. Also, some sad news. I believe, believe all of you have been made aware of it. John Smith passed away last Wednesday on the 3rd. He fought a good battle. He ran a good race here. So we do invite you to come if you so choose to gather together to surround the family. I believe most of you have the opportunity to know him. He was a mighty man, and he was a man that uh, touched the lives of many people. And I believe that you will be blessed if you come. At this time, I'm going to ask Nadine to come forward. She's going to fill us in on some activities that are going to take place with the Jason Lee. Oh, she's got some help with Victoria. Ooh, two is even better than one. I like that. But the Lord's blessing us even as this church, even through the pandemic, with the school across the street. And so, ladies, let us know what's taking place. Good morning. Um, it's been a while since I've been up here talking about Jason Lee Ministries, and um, there's probably new faces that may not know what Jason Lee Ministries is about. And so we're kind of wanting to highlight it today and give you a snapshot of what we do and what our church has been doing. And you probably have all been involved in it, maybe not known. So uh, Jason Lee is the elementary school that's directly across the street from us over, right over there. And um, we got involved with them, Ruth, maybe 2009 or 10, about 12 years ago, um, with a reading program and it kind of blossomed and grew. And so um, I just want to give you a real quick overview of what all we're involved in, and you might recognize this, um, some of these things. So in September, we do the back-to-school uh, shoe, sock, and underwear drive for the kids at Jason Lee. And how many of you saw the baskets out there and put stuff in? I tell you what, I took over eight or more big bags of socks, shoes, and underwear. Somebody donated $300. We went out and we purchased shoes because she said, you know, shoes are really what we need. Um, and we're getting so many socks and underwear. Please get us some more shoes. So we were able to do that. And just wonderful things. You guys are so awesome. And I tell you what, they are beyond grateful for what we have been doing. So then in November, we start the... Um, well, Jason Lee does a food drive, and for a week, the kids have a competition, see who, what classroom can bring in the most food. That food then comes over to us in November, and we start sorting it and packaging it up to make Thanksgiving baskets. And um, you probably saw in the news you need to know that we needed turkeys and pies and potatoes and yams, or was there anything else? Was that it? Um, to go in those boxes for the families from Jason Lee. 
And in the past, we've done somewhere between 20 and 25 boxes for them. Plus, we have community um, members in, that we get names for, that we try to do baskets, and we do do baskets for. So, and then in December, um, we do the angel tree. And that is uh, all of the, the tree with all of those name tags that we provide uh, gifts for the families, um, for the children at Jason Lee. And we do, if a family has five children and three of them are at Jason Lee and two of them are not, we do for the whole family. We don't just do the kids that are at Jason Lee. Um, so, and how many of you have taken tags before? And yeah, it's just amazing. How many children last year? So we served 26 families including 81 children last year. Yeah. So last year did look a little different, and it's looked a little different than it has in the past. In the past, we have had the community hall filled with tables. I remember walking around the tables, making sure that all the chairs can come out completely and that there's a walking path. And we have provided um, a wonderful dinner, dinner, a beautiful spread of... Uh, Terrence called it the rainbow colors. There was just a rainbow of food, veggies, fruits, turkey, mashed potatoes, the whole bit. And you know, there's this little thing hanging around still and um, we will not be doing the dinner again this year. But what, kind of what I've come up with is a drive-through Christmas. We're gonna really just sparkle it up a little bit out on the, in the parking lot. I know it doesn't sound pretty, but there'll be lights. The, Happy Loomers will have their hats out. We're still working on what that's gonna look like, but every person gets a hat. Just handcrafted artisan hats, and they're built with love. So much love, and oh, I learned a crochet in December. It is not easy. So um, we'll do the gift pickup. So there's uh, two gifts for every child, um, totaling $60 retail price and uh, they will each get something special. And when they come pick up their Thanksgiving boxes, they hand us their wish list. So it's not just something that we come up with, it's something that they want, something that will just make their eyes sparkle because there's a little kid in all of us that loves this time of year. And Christmas, oh man, I get that, that chill, that sparkle. And I, I love to be able to see the chill and the sparkle in all the, the kids that we serve, the parents that we serve, because they're, they, they need it. It's, I remember when somebody said, I don't know if it was Jason Lee tutoring or, I don't know who it said it, but the kids across the street said, that's our church. They, they may have never been in the building. They, they don't, maybe it's not even that big of a connection, but this is their church. We serve them. They, they're a part of our community. So um, starting in November, November 20, the tree will be up in the foyer with their gift tags, their wish list on there. Take a tag, um, bring a present. Take five, <laughs> Take five tags, fill out the thing, and um, I'll be out there. Just um, Kenya, Wick, I don't know. I saw her for SAP school. Um, but she is the one that has uh, taken on the big job of the Christmas tree and the, uh, the angel tags. But take... Take a tag, take two. And then it's going to be a short turnaround because on December 12th is going to be our drive through Christmas. Um, if you want to be a part of that, please, please, please come see me. There, the vision is still coming together. So uh, ideas, thoughts, how to make it sparkle for these kids and parents too. Come talk to me. Okay, there's 
just wanted to also let you know that there's two ongoing ministries um, that are helping the, the, the children over there uh, starting in September. We do a Friday food bag, and uh, Connie Schnabel and Marlene uh, Wigley are heading that up, and um, they start once a week. We give a bag for the children that the um, counselor uh, identifies as needing food for the weekend, and it has a couple meals in it. So that's an ongoing ministry from um, September to June when school gets out. And another ongoing one is Reading Club that Ruth came and spotlighted last week. And praise God, um, she thinks she has every tutor that she needs. And so that's really neat. So if you want to still be involved, be a sub for tutoring or in some way. So praise God for that. We'll be tutoring um, 10 children, I believe, that are needing reading help. Um, so anyway, how can you be involved? Well, we've already talked a little bit about it, but there are at least 10 things that you can be involved in. Number one that I talked about was the, the socks, shoes, and underwear drive, and we've already completed that, and you were involved. You came up, and you stood up, and you, you supplied them with just tons of stuff, uh, tons of love, and that's how they see it. Um, then um, in November, we're going to be needing to put together approximately 20 to 30 boxes of food um, that will be supplied mostly by Jason Lee, but the, the Thanksgiving boxes. So on Friday the 12th at about 10.30 or 9.30, Jason Lee is going to come here and bring the, the food, and we're going to work at sorting and boxing up. So if you want to help then, or on Monday the 15th, probably at about 11 a.m., we're going to finish up getting those boxes ready because we hand them out. At the um, on the 18th and 19th, so we want to get those done. Okay, so another opportunity is the angel tree. Take a name, take three or four names, and go out and buy those gifts and bring them back so that um, Kenya can get those out to the families. And in um, also, she will need help sorting gifts. It's it's a big job, and um, she'll always need help with that. So we can supply you with uh, with uh, contact names. Um, if you're interested. And then Victoria needs help with the Christmas party, which will be a drive-through this year. And um, then there's also room for someone who would like to, when we're able to do the dinner in-person party, to take that, uh, pick up that job and uh, coordinate the food, be the chef, be the crew leader, whatever is necessary there. Um, also, um, November through May, do tutoring. And we've got some able-bodied people this year. Um, September um, through June, help with the food, um, the Friday food bags. Also, a co-leader. We'd love to have a co-leader. Um, as many of you know, I'm gone for a portion of the year, and um, it would be nice to have a co-leader that would like to help me. <laughs> and then also, uh, last but not least, pray. Pray for this ministry because we touch a lot of lives. And if you were in the help women helping women um, meeting this morning, you understand that there's a ripple effect when we help the kids at Jason Lee. We help their families. So, anyway, thank you so much.
I invite uh, anybody that's listening here in the congregation or anybody online to join me in a posture of prayer as we seek our Father. Father, we come before you to seek your face, to learn about you, to experience your presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we seek relationship with you, Jesus. We seek relationship with each other. God, our hearts are so thankful for who you are. You are all that is good. You are the God who shows us mercy, though we never deserve it. You are the God who walks with us through whatever life may bring. You are the God who stays. You are the God who carries us in his mighty arms. God, you never fail. You never have. God, we fail you so through so many times, but you don't abandon us. You pursue us and you run to us with your unconditional love and forgiveness. Let your love and kindness lead us to repentance of our pride, our arrogance, for the way we have treated others with different values or opinions or genders or skin color, or is somehow, somewhat, somehow worth less than ourselves. Every person on this planet is loved by you, just exactly the same. Lord, we lift up our care to you. We need your healing power for our minds and for our bodies. We need you in our families, our church, and in all our relationships. Please, God, bring about lasting changes in the way we think, in the way we act, in the way that we relate to our circumstances and the world around us. May your good and pleasing and perfect will be done here, God. Father, we pray that your words may be in the Pastor Sergio's mind and heart and the message that he shares may kindle a fire in us to love others, to accept others, and to serve others like Jesus Christ, no matter who they may be. We thank you, Father, in advance for what you're going to do by the power of the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Sabbath. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so happy to be able to uh, worship with everyone. The church looks so full and beautiful. So um, we're starting today with a new song. Um, after this song, all the kids are invited to meet Teacher Keeney by this door to head out to Children's Church. But um, we're going to go over the first verse and the chorus of the song really quick just to practice it a little bit. And then we'll go ahead and um, sing the whole song through with you guys. So join us. If the altar's where you meet us, take me there, take me there. What you need is just an offering I'm right here, my life is here And I'll be a living sacrifice for you You're a fire, a refiner I want to be consumed I want to be tried by 
going to go through the song um, all the way. So if you guys want to stand and join me.
kids, Keeney's right down here. Follow her. We'll continue to worship now.
Christ before me, Christ behind me, your loving kindness has never failed me. Christ before me, Christ behind me, remember love, remember mercy, Christ before me, Christ behind me. Don't touch him, okay? How many do we have? Two. Two. And how many now? Three and? Two. How many now? Four. Okay. I'm going to be right back. Don't touch him. When I come back, you can eat him, okay? I'm going to be right back. I'm going to go into my room, grab a few things, and then I'll give you some food, okay? Stay there. Be right back. Stay right there.
didn't touch it. You're such a good boy, you decided to get on the couch and wait. Good morning, church. Anybody ever felt that way? All the time. <laughs> oh, man, I, 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 I realized I made a mistake. A couple of weeks ago, we were having a pastor's meeting. And the mistake was, you know, here are the fruit characteristics of the Spirit. And... Uh, I, my mistake was to allow Pastor Fred and Pastor Larissa to choose the fruit. And, of course, Pastor Fred said, I'll take peace. You know, I'll take gentleness. And then Pastor Larissa said, I'll take kindness. Pastor Nancy said, I'll take joy. And I had the rest. And nobody took, it was like, they were saying, let's let Pastor Chubby take self-control. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. You got my back. Self-control is the ninth and last characteristics of the fruit. If you notice, we are not doing them in order, and there's a reason for that. The reason is we didn't want to do them in order. But I wanted to get this one over with now so we could talk about it. And quite honestly, I would say this to you. Uh, I think without this characteristic, it's really difficult to experience all the other fruits. The, uh, the word that is used in the, uh, are, we, are we on here? Well, uh, let me know when we're on. I guess I'll see it in the back. But the word that is used is engratia which basically means mastery or, or, or self-control, right? There it is right there. Thank you very much. The guys in the back, man, they do an amazing job, don't they? I cannot imagine how, it, yeah, how difficult it is to be there. Dealing with the video for the home crowd and, and then making sure. By the way, we have some plans for the ne in the next few weeks that are going to really up the uh, game for us. So I'm excited about that. Um, but so this, this word basically means, it's, it's actually uh, two Greek words, engratia, which means with power, in power. So, and, and, and it's often used as, as like mastery or self-mastery or self-control. There is a wonderful proverb in Proverbs chapter 28 that goes like this, or maybe not. I don't know why this is not working today, but maybe you guys can go to the next slide for me. I appreciate it. 
But I'll read you the, the proverb to you guys. It says this. A person, before that, way before, yeah, keep going, keep going back. Wow, you really weren't, uh, yeah, this is, this is not working, just so you know. Uh, one more back. Huh? I got you, got you, got you, got you, got you. So Proverbs 25, verse 28 says this. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? That the wisest man that ever lived says that a person without self-control is like a city with broken walls. Have you ever felt like a city with broken walls? There's <laughs> somebody that keeps saying all the time, all the time, <laughs> yes. There's a story that illustrates this powerful proverb. It's found in Nehemiah. Let me give you the background on it. Uh, some of you know the story. You, some of you know Nehemiah really well. Some of you may have never heard of Nehemiah. Some of you know a little bit about Nehemiah. So let me give you a little background. Nehemiah was a cupbearer to King Artaxerxes. And cupbearer basically was uh, the man who tasted the food before the king ate it to make sure that it wasn't poisoned. Great job to have. Uh, his brother visits, and he asks his brother about Jerusalem, and his brother says, well, you should know that the walls of Jerusalem are all broken. That the walls of Jerusalem are destroyed. And Nehemiah breaks down and weeps. When was the last time that what breaks your heart was the same thing that broke the heart of God? So he, he gets on this passionate pursuit of his God-given purpose. He, he begins to realize it, and he, he begins to have courage plus prayer, which equals holy bold, boldness that gives him this opportunity to, give, to make this request. And he is granted not only permission to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the wall, but he's also given resources to make it happen. Pretty amazing story. Let's read it together. Hopefully this will go to the next. Oh, I love it when it works. So uh, Nehemiah says, I went to Jerusalem, and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. By night, I went out through the valley gate toward the jackal wall, well and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. And then I moved toward the fountain gates and the king's pool, but there was not enough room for my mount to get through. So I went up the valley by night, examining the wall. Finally, I turned back and re-entered through the valley gate. So he's there and he's, he's noticing that, that the walls of Jerusalem are all destroyed. And then he says, the officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing because as yet I had said nothing by the, of, to the Jews or the priests or nobles or officials or any others who would be doing the work. And then I said to them, they finally 
after inspecting the walls, comes back and he says, you see the trouble that we are in? Jerusalem lies in ruins. And its gates have been burned with fire. Come, he says, let us rebuild the wall of, Jer the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. Come. Let us rebuild, and we will no longer be in disgrace. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. And they, so they set out for the next weeks and months to rebuild the wall. Without, not without opposition, by the way. What lies in ruin in your life today? What is out of control in your life? Are finances out of control? Are relationships out of control? Are attitudes like jealousy or resentment or pride out of control? Maybe there's a destructive habit that you have. That is totally out of control. Alcohol, gambling, drugs, gossiping. What about just having a critical spirit? Is that out of control? Perhaps it's too much time spent in social media, on the internet. Is that out of control? Well, I've got good news for you. <laughs> Sorry, that reminded me of something Sean said this morning. Uh, I can get your insurance really cheap or something to that effect. <laughs> but Galatians chapter 5, didn't sound as funny as you, when you said it, uh, Sean, just so you know. Galatians chapter 5 says this. But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the fruit of the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Think about that for a second. How many of you have felt that self like I, I don't know about you, but when I was reading these characteristics, I was thinking to myself, oh, wow, this is great. You know, God's going to give me love. God's going to give me joy. God's going to give me peace and kindness and forbearance and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness. And then all of a sudden I thought, oh, I guess I must have self-control, though. But that's not what the Apostle Paul is saying here. He's saying the same God who gives you love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness is the same God that's going to give you self-control. Are you getting this? Sometimes I feel like that dog. Sometimes I feel like that little girl. I feel like, hey, you know what? There's something. I, I, I need to have more willpower. I need to do better with this. And the reality is there's nothing wrong with having good willpower, but at the end of the day, that's not the self-control that Paul is talking about. Self-control does not mean that self is in control, but rather that self needs to be controlled. 
I'm going to say that again because I don't think you heard it. Self-control does not mean that self is in control, but rather that self needs to be controlled. And the only one that can control that is the Holy Spirit. Self is not the weapon. It is actually the battle. And the greatest battle that we've ever fought was the battle against self. And the Holy Spirit wants to help us win that battle. The Holy Spirit wants to infuse us, wants to energize us with self-control. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 says, So he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by... I want to make sure you guys are still awake. Not by, nor by, but by my, says the Lord. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. How many of you have, have, have read this verse before? Raise your hand high if you read this verse. Look at that. And how many of you keep forgetting this verse? <laughs> I forget this verse all the time. All right, I got to get this done. I got to make sure that this is taken care of. I got to overcome this. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We can, I love this quote by Albert Einstein. He says, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. We cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. And yet we try every single time. He actually said this, by the way, uh, in a uh, convocation uh, that they were having after the atomic bomb went off in Hiroshima. And they were trying to figure out how do we get this in control. We cannot solve a problem with the same thinking we used when we created them. So when did that happen? I want to take you back to a story in the Bible that everybody pretty much familiar with. Even if you're not really a, a Bible student, even if you're somebody that, that doesn't really read the Bible. Most of you have tried, you know what, I'm going to start reading the Bible and you'll start in Genesis. You're thinking that maybe you can just get through and then you get to the begats and then that's it, right? But so I, I think most of you, but maybe not all of you, but most of you have, have seen this text before. It's found in Genesis chapter 3. Uh, God had created everything, and he gives them a wonderful garden to be in. And then he tells them, you know, do not eat from this fruit. Do not take from this fruit. And then Eve is and, and, and in the garden, and, and, and apparently Adam's nearby uh, because uh, it says that the serpent begins to talk to Eve. And we know who the serpent is, the old dragon. It is the devil himself. He's there, but Eve doesn't recognize that. She's very innocent. And the serpent begins to talk to the woman. She begin, he begins to talk with her about why they cannot eat from the fruit. It's an interesting interaction. Because Eve at first is defending God. No, 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 no. He didn't say we cannot eat from the Just one fruit. You're making it look like it's all these fruits. That's not, no, no, it's just this one fruit. And then he says, well, God knows that when you eat this fruit, you're going to be just like him. 
You're going to know good and evil, and you will not die, like he says. And then these words. I want to make sure you understand these. It says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food. That's our appetites. And pleasing to the eyes. That's where our sinful desire and lust comes from. And also desirable for gaining wisdom. That's where all of a sudden this need for power and pride comes from. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Appetite, lustful desires, power and pride. These are the three main areas where our lives can be out of control. Isn't that true? And it's not by accident. It is so because the enemy planned it that way. The old rebel. You know, uh, This is, where, this is where Satan decided to gain control of our lives. And he knew exactly what temptations he would use to help us lose control. And temptations always come with promises. Like, if you do this, you'll feel stronger. If you do this, you'll be better. If you do this, you'll be smarter. If you do this, you'll enjoy more. If you do this, no one will find out. If you do this, this will be easy. This will be always, always promises. But sin always comes with that promises mixed with lies and side effects. Isn't that true? I, uh, I, you, ever, you, ever, you ever watch those commercials uh, for like medicine? You know, take this medicine. It's going to do wonders for you. This is amazing. And then all of a sudden, really, really fast, they go through all these things. Like, you know, you know, if you take this, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, I looked up one called Abilify, which is a, a, a medicine for mood and mental disorders. And, and, it's, and then, you know, so it's, it's wonderful. It can help with mood and mental disorders. But then there is this thing that says, now, uh, just know that you can get dizziness, lightedness, lightheadedness, drowsiness and trouble, sleeping, nausea, vomiting, tiredness, excessive saliva, drooling, blurred vision, weight gain, constipation, headaches, fainting, mood changes such as increased anxiety. Wait a minute, I was taking this so that I wouldn't have that. You know, depression, suicidal thoughts. Wait, that's what I'm, the exact opposite of what I'm going for, right? Trouble swallowing, restlessness, muscle spasm, trouble controlling urges such as gambling, sex, eating or shopping, interrupted breathing during sleep. And you're like, wow. Why would I take this? Have you ever felt this way or is it just me, Right? Now, please do not misunderstand me, especially if you're a doctor. I'm not saying that medicine's bad. There are times when you have to kind of outweigh the, the challenges with the benefits. I get that. But I'm always amazed that the promises always come with some qualifications but not God's promises. In fact, I believe that self-control is believing that the promises of God is greater than the promises of sin. 
How many of you believe that? That the promises of God are greater than the promises of sin. The Bible tells us in Revelation that the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring. The dragon was enraged with God's people who went to make war with us. How many of you realize that we are in the midst of a war? I don't know about you, but I feel like the war, the war is getting more and more intense. That's the bad news. The good news is usually when the war is getting more and more intense, that means we're getting close to the end. And if you read your Bible, like the old preachers used to say, we know who wins at the end, don't we? And it's good to be on the right side, isn't it? The war lingers. But what the rebel did not count is the ability and the willingness for the Holy Spirit and the grace of God to be in our lives. In fact, this wonderful verse in, verse in, 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 in Titus says, For the grace of God had appeared that offered salvation to all people. You may not think you deserve it. You may not think you're in that list. But I'm telling you right now that grace and, and, and the salvation is offered to each and every one of us. Do you believe it? Do not walk out of this church without believing that. It teaches us to say no. The grace of God. The Holy Spirit teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. Do you remember back in the 80s when, uh, there, the, the, you know, at the height of the drug problems and uh, there was this big campaign to just, just say no. Remember that? And then there was this group called D.A.R.E., which was from parents and, and you know, Drugs against something, I can't remember the whole, what it even stood for. And they even won awards. But you know what the problem was? It didn't work. We had more addicts. Because just saying no on our own never works. But the grace of God, the Holy Spirit teaches us to say no. And whenever I feel like I cannot make it, I'm going to tell you right now, the best weapon I have is to pray and rely on the Holy Spirit. I am so convinced of that. And I've experienced it. And so have you. To say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, his appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? I am waiting. But I'm not just waiting around doing nothing. Jesus says, occupy till I come. And so I'm, I'm occupying. And I'm asking God to keep giving me self-control. Keep giving me ways to help me become a better person, become the person that God wants me to be. Most of you know, you've heard me talk about my, my journey and trying to lose weight. And we make 
jokes about it, you know, from the perspective. But I got to tell you right now, uh, and I please do not applaud because wait, wait till, you know, another 40 pounds are gone. But I've lost 23 pounds, 22 pounds, excuse me, as of this morning because of God's ability to infuse in me self-control. For the past three weeks, <coughs> I want to preface this, <coughs> excuse me, by reminding you that I'm Italian, okay? For the past three weeks, and I got one more week to go on this, and then probably for the rest of my life, uh, for the most part, I've had no grains, no bread, no, no rice, no no pasta, no nothing. The only thing starchy that I'm allowed to have is sweet potatoes. I'm trying to figure out how to make pasta out of sweet potatoes. I'm figuring it out, but I, the, the, I know I've tried the, the curlies. You know, that, never mind. All right. Uh, number two, I'm not a, allowed to have any sweets whatsoever, which includes stevia or stevia or whatever you want to say it. Uh, I includes honey. I, I cannot have any of that. Number three, no dairy. I'm Italian. I want you to understand this, okay? No dairy whatsoever. Number four, no vegetable oils, with the exception of olive oil, avocado oil, or coconut oil. Number five, very, very little, if any, legumes. I know you're sitting there going, what are you eating? I know. I, I, I'm with you. Luckily, I don't mind a little fish and a little chicken once in a while. And lots and lots of celery. <laughs> and vegetables. Now, I can tell you this. This is not Sergio. This is the Holy Spirit. And my wife praying for me all the time. That's how we do it. And it's really not, I'm not even doing it to lose weight. It's, it's an anti-inflammatory diet. And I'm doing it because of my back. And I've not had much back pain in the last couple of weeks. It's been amazing. So, I, I just, when, when we're talking about self-control, here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about allowing the Holy Spirit to infuse us with power so we can lay aside selfish ambitions, forfeiting what is convenient or even pleasurable at times to pursue God's grace or God's sacred purpose for us. I'm going to read that again. And if any of you want to take a picture of that, you can. It's my definition, though, so. Allowing the Holy Spirit to infuse us, this is what self-control is, with power so we can lay aside selfish ambitions, forfeiting what is convenient or even pleasurable to pursue God's sacred purpose for us. That is self-control. So the war lingers on, but God is faithful. You believe it? Some years ago, I told you about my friend, Willie. I want to put a picture of him and me many, many years ago. Uh, Willie was Down syndrome. Uh, many of you know I worked with special ed young people and children 
for seven years, uh, mostly during my time in college and a little bit later. I just loved working with, with special ed people. I, I just, I, it was awesome. Uh, and they taught me more than I could ever have, have ever teach them. They prepared me for church work. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, so, uh, but here's the thing. Uh, every year we would do this thing called a, um, uh, like a Special Olympics. Have you guys heard of Special Olympics? So we had this place called Camp Joy, and we would, we would hold our own Special Olympics. And at the end of the Special Olympics was the only time that the staff was allowed to participate with those who helped, uh, with, 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 I'm sorry, with the, uh, uh, the children. And we would all uh, have this big, huge tug of, tug of war. You know what I mean? And we would always lose. I couldn't figure out why. What is it? I mean, some of us were adults. Some of us were bodybuilders. Some of us could really, I mean, but we would always lose. And then one day... Just by randomness, we had Willie on our team. And I, if you, if, I wish you could really, just look at his neck, by the way. <laughs> but Willie was just like so amazingly strong. And as soon as he got on, it was like, that was it. We won. The Holy Spirit is our willy in the war against self and that tug of war that we continually have. The Holy Spirit is the one that helps us to win. We're going to sing a new song in a few moments as the worship team comes up. I know we've, we've taught you a new one before. We're going to teach you a new one now. It's an easy one, though. I think you'll be fine singing it. It's called In Control. Now, I want to read you some of the words because I think they're powerful. Uh, I'm just going to read some excerpts from it. So as you sing it, think about some of these words. I lift my hands to heaven. Hear my heart surrender. Through valleys I will trust. Your spirit is enough. To keep me walking. You guide my every step. Speak life to me again. Lord, I need you. I will trust in only you. I will trust in only you. I will trust in only you. No one can add to your perfection. Amen? You're the beginning and the end. More than I can comprehend. There is no one like you, no one in you. I find my rest. You are in control. Stand up with me as we sing this song, In Control. And, and, and as you sing it, make it your prayer. Say, God, I'm out of control in some areas of my life. You are in control. You be in control of my life. And I know that God will give you that control. I'm convinced of that. Amen?
Holy Father, thank you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit and all the amazing gifts that the Spirit gives us. Today, we want to especially thank you for the awesome gift of self-control. Lord, I just cannot imagine where we would be. But we pray today, Lord, that as we journey with you in the next few years, as we await that great day of hope, that we would rely on you, that you will be our perfection. And we thank you, Lord. Keep us safe always. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have an awesome Sabbath. See you guys next week. God bless. We'll be speaking on goodness next week. <laughs>